Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Rich. This is Straight to the Bank. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed for all of the great content we put out. And also make sure you're subscribed to our Dub Club, completely free for the month of August. Free picks, free bets, free analysis, all at your disposal for all of August. So go sign up for that. Link is in the description for that. So please sign up, check it out, make some money with us because it has been a rainmaker for all of August so far and still completely free for anyone who wants to check it out. This episode will be revolving around tight ends. I will talk about four rookie tight ends that have been getting a ton of hype in the media over the past week or so. And I'll also be diving into my tight end rankings based on the DraftKings Sportsbooks lines, continuing my series. I did the quarterbacks. I did the receivers. We'll be talking tight ends today. I'm going to be talking through the top 15 tight ends on Underdog. I have projections for most of them. So let's dive into all of that right now. It almost doesn't even matter which tight end you're looking at these days. It seems like almost every single rookie tight end is getting absolutely hyped to the moon. It started in the pre-draft process when we were talking about some of these guys, a Michael Mayer, a Sam Laporta, a Kincaid, but now it's gone even deeper than that. Luke Musgrave, Luke Schoomaker should be back to practice. I saw that report today. Tucker Craft buried in a lot of people's rankings, but still very much alive and well. He got the draft capital. Darnell Washington running seam routes. Even Zach Kuntz a little bit, getting some love. And and the more we see it, the more I think about it. And I do want to point out that it's very reminiscent of the 2017 class. And for all of you guys who are not old enough to remember that class, it was a very talented draft class with a lot of very talented tight ends. They are in order based off their ADP on DLF in 2017. OJ Howard, who was a first round pick, David Njoku, who was a first round pick, and Evan Ingram, who was also a first round pick. And then you have Gerald Everett, Adam Shaheen, who people probably don't remember anymore, Jonu Smith, who may be kind of dead now, but he was pretty good back in the day on Tennessee, and then Jake Butt, the tight end from Michigan, who a lot of people had very high helps for, but he was always injured and couldn't stay healthy. And so I'm focusing more on the top, right? The OJ Howard, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett. Let me tell you their ADPs in terms of their tight end rank going into their rookie season. OJ Howard was first at tight end eight, David Njoku tight end 10, Evan Ingram tight end 11, and Gerald Everett tight end 19. He was a second round pick, 44th overall. The other three were first round picks. Now let's head over to 2023, where we have Dalton Kincaid tight end seven, Sam Laporta tight end 12, 
Michael Mayer, tight end 15, and Luke Musgrave, tight end 18. So not quite as high as the other tight ends, but still very reminiscent and very similar when you talk about their ADP and where they're being drafted. And obviously, we have three second round picks in Laporta, Mayer, and Musgrave, and Kincaid at the top, the only first round pick of the tight end group, all the way up at tight end seven. And so when you hear those numbers and you look at what could be for all of these guys and why I'm so intrigued by the situation is because Evan Ingram was phenomenal in his rookie season. And especially going into that year, it wasn't so assumed that he was going to be a target monster like he was and have as many yards as he did because David Njoku was a raw prospect who had a ton of upside. OJ Howard was the next Vernon Davis, absolute freak. And I think the bigger point is that really, when you think about it, only two of these guys are relevant. In a lot of ways, Evan Ingram's the only one that's still kind of kicking it and alive in Dynasty Fantasy Football. OJ Howard, complete flameout guy, basically never produced. And Gerald Everett, while he could be okay this season, uh, back when he was on the Rams, that was Sean McVay's first season, never really panned out for him on the Rams, but could see some value this year. Now we fast forward to 2023, where we have Dalton Kincaid as the clear one, Sam Laporta, Michael Mayer, and Luke Musgrave. The bigger point for me isn't so much that one of these guys could be really good, because if I was betting on anyone right now, it would still be Dalton Kincaid. One of these guys is probably going to pop in fantasy, and I think you want to be taking shots on every single one of them, because we don't know who that guy is going to be. People thought it could have been Evan Ingram, and as by the dynasty value, it was close. You know, him, OJ Howard, and David Njoku were all very close. Ingram was the obvious receiving weapon, I think, of the four we're talking about. Everett was pretty good in the receiving game as well, but Ingram was kind of a move tight end, didn't really do much in terms of blocking, so people knew he was going to be catching a lot of passes, but people didn't expect quite the production that we got out of Ingram in year one. And then you have Howard obviously flamed out, and Njoku kind of slowly realized his value over the past couple seasons. And so I think we could see a similar thing happen with some of these guys. And when we see Kincaid getting hyped up, seeing Laporta getting hyped up, seeing Luke Musgrave getting hyped up. It reminds me of when we were at the Senior Bowl and all the talk was about Luke Musgrave. He was potentially a first round pick, looking amazing, size, speed, freak. And then it turns out every single tight end in this draft class is a size, speed, freak, RAS scores out the wazoo, just crazy athleticism from each and every one of these guys. And so I just want you guys to know that like, while we do typically fade tight ends, especially in their first year, I do believe that one of these guys is going to pop. If I was picking a guy, it would be Kincaid, probably still followed by Michael Mayer. I don't know if I'm tripping and feel free to tell me if I am. I still believe in what Michael Mayer can do. It's just for whatever reason, there's been absolutely zero out of Raiders camp talking about Michael Mayer. And I understand, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, all these things. You talk about quarterback play. I'm not going to say that Luke Musgrave has a better quarterback, but there is a pretty good shot that Jordan Love is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and definitely we would take Josh Allen and Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo. So in terms of quarterback play, I think that we would probably lean towards the top two in Kincaid and Laporta, but no one's really talking about Eli Manning as this great quarterback for a tight end, even back when Evan Ingram was drafted. So I don't think that necessarily matters because potentially these guys could just earn targets out the gate. I think when you're looking at these guys from a target competition standpoint, Musgrave is the clear winner here. He does have Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Romeo Dobbs ahead of him, but they are not the established alphas of Amara St. Brown, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs. So that's a big plus for Musgrave when you talk about a guy who is being drafted behind the other three tight ends. And all the reports seem to be that he is looking good and could earn a role on all three downs, which was not expected of him early on in the 2023 season. So you talk about Luke Musgrave and you say, he's the guy that maybe could pop because we have seen success from tight ends in this Green Bay offense. 
But at the same time, like I still want some shares of Michael Mayer. I still want some shares of Laporta. I still want some shares of Kincaid. And I think it's just very interesting to look at the dynamics between all these guys. Luke Schoonmaker returning to practice. Tucker Craft still on the same team as Luke Musgrave. Darnell Washington, right, playing in Pittsburgh where there's a ton of players to go around and no one's drafting him that high, but definitely a guy who could be in the mix at some point. And so very interesting to look at all these situations and say, who is the guy that we want? I believe it's still Kincaid, but the price comes with that. And so would you rather take a shot on a Laporta, a Mayor, a Musgrave? I think I need to pay more attention to Musgrave now because the reports are almost overwhelming at this point. Everyone's talking about Musgrave, saw the guy in person. He is every bit of 66250 in person. Like it is ridiculous how big Luke Musgrave is. You talk about Sam Laporta. We know what he can do. The production profile was there in college. Kincaid, it's really just the injuries and potentially the system. We know it's Diggs. It's probably Gabe Davis next. If Kincaid can earn the slot role, it has been a 100-target role in the past. And then you have Laporta, great producer, playing on Detroit. They don't really utilize their tight end that much. But again, he's replacing TJ Hawkinson, who wasn't overly productive, but at tight end 12 right now in Dynasty, I don't necessarily hate the investment. I think it could be worthwhile. And so when you're looking at some of these guys and drafting them, we don't have any projections for them, so it's very difficult to kind of assess them on that level because no one knows how much these guys are going to play, where they're going to play, and what their projected outcomes could be. But based off the draft capital, you can kind of see Dalton Kincaid is the clear guy. And I think we fully expect that being the first round pick. But you look back to 2017 and everyone kind of thought that of OJ Howard in Tampa Bay. People thought David Njoku in Cleveland could get some targets early on. And then you have Evan Ingram who, again, walked into a pretty crowded situation to some degree and came out looking really good, and then Gerald Everett obviously flamed out. So when you look at this in totality, the point for me is whether in underdog drafts or you're drafting some redraft teams, I would take a couple shots at some of these guys because really some of these guys could actually pop, and it's very reminiscent of that 2017 class. As I mentioned, my bet would still be on Kincaid, and the price comes with that, but I would definitely take my shot on Laporta, definitely on Musgrave at cost because his cost is quite low, and I'm still a big believer in Michael Mayer, and I think people are kind of discounting the fact that this Patriots system has been pretty friendly to tight ends, and you're telling me that Michael Mayer, one of the more productive tight ends we've seen in the past few years, coming into Vegas, potentially playing that Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski role in this Josh McDaniels offense, could be very fruitful for fantasy. And Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who has targeted the tight end in the past, I think it could be a lot of good things for Michael Mayer, but for whatever reason, absolutely zero hype on these guys. So I wanted to just say this right now, you need to take your shots on all of these guys. You need to get all of them on your teams because this is the way I see it playing out. And I really truly believe that we may not see an Evan Ingram level performance, but we should not be shocked based off all of the available options in the tight end rooms right now, because all of them could do it. It's just, we don't know who that's going to be. And that makes drafting them very difficult. That's where Kincaid is a little bit pricey for me and tough. I would still bet on him. He still should be the favorite. But if we're being honest, his price may be a little bit too high and you may be better served to go after a Laporta, after a Mayor, or even potentially later, a Musgrave because all of those guys, I think, have similar-ish talents to Kincaid and especially in the case of Laporta and Mayer may have a little bit less target competition to overcome because we know the talent on Buffalo is there and Kincaid carving out a role early may be difficult but I think by the end of the year he will be firmly entrenched in that offense and probably winning you weeks as a positive in terms of warp at the tight end position. 
Okay, so now let's get into the tight end rankings per DraftKings Sportsbook. As I've done numerous times, you guys kind of know the drill now. It's going to be a little bit quicker through the first few guys, and there's a couple guys I do want to point out that do seem to be values and maybe a little bit overrated based off where they're being projected right now. Of course, right at the top, Travis Kelsey, no surprise there. Tight end one. Honestly, tight ends one through six, very, very clear for DraftKings and for underdog. Tight end one underdog, tight end one on DraftKings. 1,150 yards, 9.75 touchdowns, 99 and a half receptions, looking very, very good for Travis Kelsey. Don't need to tell you that. That is tier one all by himself. No surprise at all. Then you get into Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson as the second tier of tight ends. And when you're looking at ADPs on underdog, 29.4 for Mark Andrews, 51.6 for TJ Hawkinson. Now, when you look at their projections, 800 and a half yards for Andrews, 775 for Hawkinson, six and a half touchdowns for Andrews, five and a half for Hawkinson, 64 and a half receptions for Andrews, but 69 and a half for Hawkinson, separated by six points right now in half PPR scoring. And realistically, the clear play is to draft TJ Hawkinson because he is much closer to Mark Andrews than people are letting on. And if I was betting on a tight end two, it would 100% be TJ Hawkinson. And I understand there's a potential hold in, but I believe he's going to play, going to be very productive. He was phenomenal with Kirk Cousins last year. Obviously, the departure of Adam Thielen may help him as well. And he could very easily be the second target on this offense. We know that Addison will get his targets. We know that KJ will get his as well. But I think there's plenty of room for Hawkinson to operate and see a ton of volume. And you could say the same about this Baltimore offense, but I think there is a decent amount of melts to feed if healthy. And I think Hawkinson especially has already established himself in this offense as the number two target and will assume that role heading into 2023. In tier three, I kind of decided to put George Kittle in a tier by himself. Tight end four on underdog, tight end four on DK. Slight tier break here, only nine point difference, but it was enough for me to say I think he should be in his own tier. 61.6 on underdog, 725 yards, five and a half touchdowns, 57 and a half receptions. So for just falling slightly short of TJ Hawkinson in yardage and receptions, but still should be very good, obviously on a super talented offense. It should put up a ton of points, but also a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of targets to go around. So there are people projecting George Kittle to be a little overvalued right now. And I can't necessarily disagree with that, but I think his ADP is about right. And I wouldn't say I'm scared off of him just yet. Getting into the next tier, Kyle Pitts. Darren Waller. I've already talked about Kyle Pitts a lot on this show, so I don't really need to do it much more, but I believe they're both in the same tier. They're right around the same ADP, but they are, in my opinion, a tier above Dallas Goddard. And that's where I wanted to kind of specify this here. These guys are in their own tier. To me, Dallas Goddard is one step below. DraftKings kind of agrees. And so you look at Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller. They do have Kyle Pitts at six, Darren Waller at five. Underdog has Kyle Pitts at five, Darren Waller at six. Both 700 and a half yards. Darren Waller has slightly fewer touchdowns, but much more upside in terms of receptions. And I think being the number one target on the Giants, we all kind of expect that. If I was projecting an offense to throw more, it would be the Giants over the Falcons. But both probably going to be very run heavy not run a ton of plays, control the clock, control the ball. And I think Darren Waller will be the number one target. Kyle Pitts, not so much. And I've outlined that already quite a bit on this show. The next tier of guys for me, Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth. One guy that is in this tier on underdog, David Njoku. He is not in this tier when you look at the DraftKings rankings. So let's talk about Goddard first. He looks pretty good, 675 in terms of yards, 3.75 touchdowns, 57 and a half receptions, 
pretty good here, but clearly a tear down from Pitts and Waller. 118 fantasy points of those numbers. 125 and 123 were the numbers for Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller. You have Ingram, 115, 640 yards, three and a half touchdowns, 61 and a half receptions, tight end seven and tight end eight, Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram. But tight end nine in terms of underdog, David Njoku, not the same projections in terms of DraftKings. They do not project the same things. And this is kind of an ongoing theme that you may have mentioned when I talked about the quarterback show. When I talked about Amari Cooper on the wide receiver show, he was actually falling in line with projections and looking pretty good. But when you looked at Deshaun Watson, he was not looking as good relative to his ADP. And this is very much reflected when you look at David Njoku. DraftKings has three players all projected for the same yards and touchdowns. David Njoku, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. What does that tell you? That tells you they have no clue who's going to be the guy. And if I was betting on a guy, I'd probably bet on the receivers over the tight end. I think Njoku has a lot of touchdown upside. But when you talk about the yardage and the receptions, we'll see because now they do have DPJ and Elijah Moore another year with Deshaun Watson. Should be more familiarity in the passing game for all three of these receivers and more continuity of the offense as a whole. We talk about Jerome Ford potentially being involved in the passing game. Nick Chubb going to get more involved as well. A better command of the offense for Watson could mean less work potentially for Njoku. And I think that this type of scenario accurately reflects the range of outcomes for David Njoku. So for me, he's a bit of a fade right now at ADP. And I'd be curious how people felt about him relative to Greg Dolchich, Dalton Kincaid, and Chiggy Okonkwo, who are a little bit lower down the board on underdog, but I think could be in a similar tier when you talk about the DraftKings rankings and some of the projections for these players players. Then in this same tier, which is tier one, two, three, four, five, tier five, Pat Fryermuth. Um, I understand the concerns here. You do have Pickens, you do have Deontay Johnson, and obviously Darnell Washington, who I talked about a little bit already. I don't think Darnell's much of a fear right now. And DraftKings especially tends to agree 650 yards, three and a half touchdowns, 59 and a half receptions for Fryermuth. Looking pretty good in terms of his projection right now and definitely firmly entrenched in this fifth tier with Goddard and Ingram. I think we all kind of agree that maybe the upside isn't quite there for Fryermuth relative to these two guys. But I think the fact that they project a kind of floor ceiling medium projection very close to these guys is a very good sign if you do own Pat Fryermuth as tight end 10, probably a little bit underrated. But at the same time, you know, 108 overall on underdog, tight end 10, not terrible. I think the bigger point is I would definitely take him over David Njoku, which is not the case right now on underdog. And I think I'd be, feel pretty good about that because I do project better things for the Steelers offense. And I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet with the Browns. They should be better, but we will ultimately see. So the three guys, as I mentioned, that aren't projected right now, that there's no lines for Greg Dolchich, Dalton Kincaid, and Chickaconquo, tight ends 11, 12, and 14 on underdog. So the next tier that I do have where they're actually very close in terms of their projections Njoku, Dalton Schultz, and Tyler Higby. Dalton Schultz on underdog right now is tight end 13, Tyler Higby tight end 15, ADP of 137.7 and 143.1. I think we all know the upside of Tyler Higby in this Rams offense. If Matthew Stafford is healthy, he will see a ton of targets and Dalton Schultz, we'll see what happens in Houston, but he should be the safety blanket for CJ Stroud. And I think while we don't necessarily have a massive ceiling projection for Dalton Schultz, he could be pretty decent for fantasy and produce closer to Njoku and Higby than maybe we're initially projecting. 550 yards, 3.25 touchdowns, 52 receptions. That's a pretty solid season. He's probably looking at 80 targets or so, depending on his catch percentage, which would be a fine season for a tight end and definitely a serviceable one late in some of your best ball drafts. Obviously, people want to aim a little bit higher, get a little bit more value, maybe target a Kincaid, like I mentioned, target a Chickaconquo at 142, who's actually lower than Dalton Schultz, 
or potentially target a Tyler Higby, who I think is a little bit underrated right now, tight end 15 right now on underdog, but tight end 10 in terms of DraftKings now, he may be behind a Dolchich or a Kincaid when the projections ultimately came out. But as of right now, based on what we're seeing, he is ahead of a David Njoku, 500 receiving yards, four and a half touchdowns, 57 and a half receptions. I think we all can agree that the ceiling could be decent in terms of targets and receptions for Tyler Higby, especially if Cooper Cup misses any time. He'd basically be the number one option on that offense. Of course, there is Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, and some of these other receivers, but I think the familiarity with Tyler Higby would show itself very early in the season, and I think he could be a decent value. If you're drafting an underdog right now, I think that you probably should be getting some shares of Tyler Higby because he is a little bit underrated. And when you look at some of these tiers and how this is shaking out, it's really easy to look at at a Higby and say, yeah, he's a little bit underrated. His ADP is like 40 slots behind Pat Fryermuth, but he's only a few points behind him right now in terms of these tiers. And so when you're looking at these tiers, Kelsey's obviously the clear one, Andrews and Hawkinson at tier two, Kittle at three, Waller and Pitts in tier four, Goddard, Engram, Fryermuth in tier five, and then Higby and Joku and Schultz are tier six. And then we have, as I mentioned, Kincaid, Dolchich, and Aconquo, who they have no projections for at this time. But I think it's a pretty clear value here when you're looking at Higby and potentially Fryermuth as values. And then you also look at David Njoku as a guy who's probably a little bit overvalued right now relative to the market. And then last but not least, of course, have to mention TJ Hawkinson because he is absolutely in the same tier as Mark Andrews. And if you are drafting Mark Andrews, you better have him stacked with Lamar Jackson because there is almost no reason to take a Mark Andrews over a TJ Hawkinson. In my opinion, it's just so close. I think the projections reflect it and you should absolutely be drafting much more TJ Hawkinson than Mark Andrews and going another direction so early in the draft. So overall, those are kind of my thoughts. Um, I wanted to go through it quickly because tight ends are definitely not a sexy position, but I think there is some value to be gained by looking at some of these numbers and why I continue to present them to you. I wanted to look at potentially some training camp battles, but I think I may get into that next week. A little bit shorter show for you guys this week, so not as much information, but I hope you took something away from it. I didn't want to go too on about the tight ends. I think it's very clear how we feel about them. Of course, there's guys below these that maybe could surprise an ADP, but when you're looking at the top and the reason why I like looking at these numbers is because not only does it tell you how a certain sports book feels about the player, but they are confident enough today to actually put a number out there for people to bet on. And I think that says a lot about how we view their role in the offense and what we can project for them overall. The reason why there's no Kincaid line, no Dolchich line, no Chick line is because they have no idea how to value these players and they don't want to put a bad line out there into the world for someone to bet. And when you see all these lines for these guys, especially when you talk about, you know, 13 of the top or 12 of the top 15 tight ends, this is telling you how we could project their roles going forward. And of course, no reason to believe that these are perfect or they're absolutely going to be right. But, you know, the top six tight ends on DK are the top six tight ends on underdog. And that's when things start to shift after that. And I think we should confidently draft the top six, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Waller, Pitts. And then once you get below that, that's when maybe you could take a shot and look for value. But if you are drafting early and you are drafting guys that you want to have high upside, I truly believe the top six are worth the pick. And I'd be looking for potential values after that, if that's just my advice. Of course, 
draft how you want. This is just how I see it. And so I just wanted to present this stuff to you guys because a lot of people said a lot of good things about the wide receiver show, about the quarterback show. Tight ends are not sexy, but there's always things to be gained by gaining alternative perspectives. And it's a reason why I think this show will be very valuable in season because I will be able to look at Sportsbook lines for all the players in the NFL and show you guys how they shake out versus consensus projections and maybe help you guys make some tough decisions when setting your lineups on Sundays. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Straight to the Bank. You can follow me on Twitter at Chaboy J. Rich with Travis Kelsey being the number one tight end in fantasy football. Travis, take us out. Okay, this shit is out of control. I'm driving through hell and I done brought snow. It's shining in here and I done brought gold. I hear the sirens right out the chateau. Run me the info. 